Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hudson Monta Stories. Today, I'm taking a break from our HMS Unmatched uh, series that we've been focusing on lately, and uh, we will have a conversation with uh, an alum, uh, Nyan Shaw. Nyan is a graduate of Hudson Montessori School. Uh, he is finishing up medical school this year at Ohio State, and he will begin his residency next year at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, where he will be focusing on urology. Um, Ms. Michelle and I caught up with Nyan actually earlier in October, so you will hear uh, that he makes some predictions on the Cleveland Browns uh, season midway through it, so you can test his um, football prognostication skills. Um, we had a nice time catching up with Nyan and hope that you enjoy the conversation. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Nyan, thanks for joining us on this uh, episode of Hudson Monta Stories. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Miss Michelle and I are here at Hudson Montessori School. It is Thursday, October 17th. We have parent-teacher conferences going on today, and uh, she and I are both like sitting here with our arms sort of huddled yeah. because it's it feels big. like winter is almost here. It's cold and gray. So what, where, tell us where you are and what things are like outside right now. Sure. So I'm at my desk in uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, right on High Street, and I have a view of the skyline uh, out my window, which is very nice because I spend a lot of time at this desk. It is sunny here. Uh, it is a little cold and windy, but I got out golfing this morning, so that was nice. Uh, and yeah, it's it's generally a pretty nice day out. Maybe a little cold, but not terrible. And uh, uh, how did you play today? Did you mind sharing what your handicap is? So I'm not very good. I started playing golf last year just as oh, okay. you know, something new to pick up. But, um, you know, my goal every time I go out for nine is to shoot under 50. I shot a 55 today. Uh, okay. So not my best work, but not terrible either. Okay. Well, that's great. And so uh, I understand that you're going to be married this May uh, and also you're graduating. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. So I met my fiance at Ohio State in undergrad, um, and we've stayed together since then. Um, I'm going to be her married. Is, Sorry? Her name is? Her name is Molly. Uh, she's from Cincinnati. Uh, she was an English major in college, um, and we're going to get married down in Cincy near where she grew up uh, in May. And so, yeah, that'll be really great. We're doing it at this kind of uh, mansion type venue. So we're going to have the ceremony outside in the gardens and then have the reception inside um, and have the dance floor inside as well. So awesome. that'll be a lot of fun. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And your plans after graduation are you, you're looking at med school. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm in medical school now. I'll be graduating uh, in May and then I'll be starting residency at the end of June. Yeah. So my plan is to go into urology. So right now I'm kind of touring around the country, uh, interviewing at different institutions, looking for a place there. And how long, uh, what, how long will your residency be? What does that look like for a urologist? Yeah. So it's, it's quite a long time for urology. It's at least five years. Some also have a research year built in. So for those, it would be six. And then after that, you can either go right into practice or if you want to become more specialized even than that, you can go into a fellowship and do, uh, in different areas. Do you have to decide that now if you want to specialize or is that something that you can figure out as you get into it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be down the road, which is nice as you kind of move through different rotations. Uh, you know, you spend about a month or two on different services doing different things, whether it be 
you know, kidney stones or oncology, things like that. And as you get exposed to it, you can kind of make that decision further down the road. Um, what would be something that you would say is a stereotype about medical school that is true and something that is not true about medical school or maybe med students? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, one thing that's definitely true is just the amount of work and studying that goes into it. A lot of people say that it's like drinking water from a fire hose. And I would say that that is uh, an adequate description, especially for the first you know two years when you're in the classroom. Um, especially nowadays, there used to be a culture where, you know, med students wouldn't help each other out and it would be kind of cutthroat, but I think they've done a really nice job of getting that out of the learning environment at most places. So I would say that's one that doesn't ring true anymore. Hmm, cool. Uh, I understand also you were able to, and I, I'm guessing this is between your undergraduate and medical school, but if I'm wrong, you did a gap year in Thailand. Could you tell us when that occurred and a little bit about that experience? Absolutely. So you're correct. That was in between um, undergrad and med school. So I had gotten into med school and my fiance and I wanted to take some time to go do something fun before we both started professional school. She just finished law school now. Um, So yeah, it was in that time period. Um, We went and lived in a town on the western border of Thailand and taught in a high school there for a semester. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, what were you teaching? So I taught math and she taught English. Uh, and it was kind of an interesting dynamic because I didn't speak much, if any, Thai. And a lot of the students spoke just very limited English. So teaching math to someone who doesn't really speak your language is you know, kind of a special challenge. What, uh, what level of math were you teaching? Uh, mostly pre-algebra, algebra one concepts. And uh, how did you bridge that language barrier? What, 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 was the, what was the solution to doing that? Yeah, so there's a couple techniques I used. Um, a lot of it was keeping things simple, focusing yeah. on numbers, because, you know, that is kind of yeah, a little yeah, bit more yeah, universal. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful. And then if you could get, you know, a couple of the kids who were good at English in the classroom to kind of help you out and then kind of have them explain and tie what you couldn't convey otherwise. And what type of a school was it? Was it a public school or a private school? It was a big public high school. Yeah. So I think in total, there's maybe um, a thousand students there or so at different grade um, levels. Yeah. And so were you like, were you coming through an organization or a foundation or you just sought out the school and applied to it and ended up there? Yeah. So I went through an organization called CIEE. I'm not exactly sure what that stands for, but. Right. They kind of set you up with a position, give you an orientation in the country, teach you about the culture. Um, and yeah, it was a really great experience. I'm really glad I took the time to do it. Um, how would you, uh, would you recommend Thailand as a country for people to travel to? Absolutely. I think the beaches there are some of the most beautiful I've seen. They have mountains as well. Uh, your money goes pretty far there, especially if you're willing to kind of go off the beaten path. Uh, for example, in my town, I could get dinner for, you know, 60 cents to a dollar. Uh, which was really nice. I assume you're a Thai food fan. Oh, yeah. It's kind of ruined Thai food back home for me now, though. Uh, can't really approximate the real thing at most Because places. of the spiciness? Spiciness, just availability of ingredients, I think. It's it's yeah. tough to really replicate what they have over there. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, well, that's a neat adventure. And did your fiancé enjoy the teaching experience as well? 
She did. She did. Um, she had a lot of fun designing English classes. You know, I think that kind of comes a little bit more naturally because, you know, you're a native English speaker, you're teaching, teaching English. Um, so she, she got to design more fun things, you know, fun activities, whereas I was teaching functions or how to plot things on a graph, which is not as uh, exciting, I would say. Um, and, uh, so I understand that, um, you're a big sports fan, uh, and you were telling me right before we get started that you're a Browns fan. Um, what's your, what's your analysis of their, are they five games into the season right now? Six games into the season? Yeah. So there's six games in They're two and four right now. They have a bye week this week. Um, you know, they've had a tough go early on. The schedule is, you know, very rough, I would say. The 49ers are really good. The Rams are good. Yeah, you know, they have the Patriots yeah, after the bye, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll get it turned around. Um, I think the back half of their schedule will be pretty helpful. And, you know, I'd like to see see what the offense looks like in a, a few more weeks. So you're thinking that they will make the postseason? I think so. I think they've got a good shot to win the division still. Beating the Ravens in Baltimore is really helpful. and the fact that, you know, Big Ben's not playing this year um, and that the Bengals haven't looked too good. I think I think we have a good shot still, especially if we can somehow steal a win in New England. Have you been to a game yet this season, Ryan? Yeah, I went to the opener against the Titans, which was, you know, not, not the funnest game to be at. And then I went to the Rams game, which was a lot of fun. It came right down to the wire. It was a night game. Um, you know, it's always fun to go up to the game and, and be in the stadium for a big game like that. But Again, they didn't pull that one off either. So hopefully they can start getting some home wins together. Um, let me, Nyan, I'm going to shift now to a little bit of questions that we ask everyone that joins us on these podcasts, if that's okay. So good. it's going to be a little bit rapid fire. Some of them are uh, maybe straightforward. Some might maybe, maybe cause you to think a little bit. So if you have to take a moment, it's totally okay. Um, is there an idea or something that is capturing your curiosity right now? What, what has you thinking? Yeah. So um, for something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, it's actually different laser technologies that you can use to break up kidney stones. Um, going into urology, you have to do these presentations when you're visiting different institutions. And I chose to do mine all on different laser technologies. Um, and so just thinking about, the physics behind that and new things that are coming out. Uh, it's been really interesting just kind of learning about how different technologies and different physical properties can affect, you know, clinical outcomes and how long a surgeon uh, has to take getting rid of a stone or something like that. So I'm going to be quite, uh, quite um, naive and in, in thinking I understand this. So <laughs> these are, these are lasers that you would uh, surgically sort of, gain access to the kidney and the kidney stone or, or does it like go, you know, am I, is it almost like I, I, um, it's going through the skin? Yeah. So it's not going through the skin. You're using natural openings to get up into the bladder and then up into the ureter and then okay. even all the way up into the kidney. And so you'll have a scope, uh, with a camera on the end of it that you can kind of flex different directions. And then you'll have a fiber connected to a laser generator to deliver the energy to the stone. And, and it's and, kind and, of the generation of that, energy and the different fibers for delivering the energy that you can play with to get different properties. And and so this makes it a less uh, painful process, I assume? Uh, less painful for the surgeon, I would say. It's probably oh. about the same for the patient, um, but you can make it quicker, which is all, always good when someone's under anesthesia. Um, yeah. 
and you can do things uh, specifically to prevent the stone from kind of bouncing away from the laser fiber and that can make things a lot better and it can turn a successful sur or uh, it can turn a failed surgery into a successful surgery. Yeah. So are you, have you actually been in the surgery room when this is occurring? Oh yeah. So I spent um I spent a month during my third uh year in medical school on urology and then I spent um May, June and July uh, all in the OR doing urology at different institutions. That's cool. And uh, and do you hope to, are all urologists uh, surgeons when they go into a residency or is that a, is that you make that you're either a surgeon or not a surgeon? Yeah. So urology is a surgical discipline. So anybody who is a practicing urologist is doing surgery of some okay. sort. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, uh, are you a fan of podcasts? And if you are, what podcast would you suggest that listeners to this podcast make sure that they bookmark and listen to? Yeah, I am a fan of podcasts. Um, I used to listen to Freakonomics a lot. And, uh, you know, it's pretty popular. A lot of people like that one. Uh, some Another one that people may not have heard of, if you like fantasy football or football in general, I really like the Fantasy Footballers podcast. They put out like four episodes a week, I think. So you can get really good fantasy football tips from there and kind of, I don't know, the guys are really funny, the hosts. So I enjoy that one quite a bit. And are they people that you would see on TV or that that is their job? They do that podcast. So it's kind of interesting. I think they worked at uh, some tech company, either Google or Facebook, one of those. And they found that the best part of their day was talking about fantasy football at lunch. <laughs> so they started this podcast and eventually it got big enough to be their full-time job. So yeah, they're just oh, they have lot. oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, say the fun. name of it. Say the name of it again one more time. It's called the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to actually jump to it. Would this be your dream job to be on the fantasy footballer <laughs> podcast or, or, or what is your dream job? You know, I think dream job is kind of a tough thing to think about. Uh, if you think about just, you know, merging, you know, my interests and practicality and things like that, I really do think medicine and specifically urology kind of is my dream job that I'm living now. But if I could go back and do it again and do something else, you know, purely based on, uh, you know, what the heart wants to do and not thinking about practicality at all. I think sports journalism would be really fun and could be something that I really got into. Hmm. Like print print or uh, media or like, a, I don't know what the, the opposite of print is, I guess, TV or TV yeah, journalism. Yeah, I guess like in this day and age, everybody's kind of mixed media. So yeah, I'd like yeah. to write for sure. But I think, you know, doing podcasts, being on TV, writing, like covering one team and kind of following them around would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, good enough. Um, who's been the kindest to you in your life? So for me, I think the kindest people in my life have definitely been my parents. Um, you know, they've done so much to support me throughout my life, and they provide so much guidance. You know, I don't, I don't know where I would be without them. So I would say my parents are definitely the kindest people to me in my life. So I should probably uh, mention that uh, your mom is my children's pediatrician, and so. Um, she is also, I, we appreciate her approach. She's, um, very loving and caring, but we also appreciate the fact that like, she tells my son that he needs to be better at brushing his teeth and she's very, <laughs> <kind>. <laughs> so, so that's good. Um, what, uh, uh, are there funny stories that your family or friends tell about you that come to mind that you uh, think would be good to share? 
Yeah, so I, one thing I thought about for this podcast specifically was uh, they like to tell a story about when I was in Miss Koshy's class for uh, like preschool before before kindergarten or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a story where I was standing up on a table or a chair, and Miss Koshy kind of turned to me and said, "Why are you standing up there?" And I just said, "Oh, because I thought you weren't looking at me." <laughs> so <laughs> I think that one is uh is pretty funny. To think You're trying to take some liberties there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess pushing the limits as much as I could. There you go. That serves that serves you well. Probably will serve you well in your profession and in adult life. Absolutely. Um, what uh what turns you off? So I think something that really turns me off is, uh, you know, negative attitudes. I really like to try to bring positivity and optimism to everything I do. And I think when somebody goes into something with preconceived notions that it's not going to go well or that they're not going to get the most out of the experience, I think oftentimes that does lead to things not going well and things, you know, not being ideal. So, you know, every time someone has a negative attitude, that's something that kind of brings me down a little bit. And, you know, I would just like to see, you know, more positivity. That's cool. Yeah, we had uh, another episode and someone said the exact same thing. So that's interesting. Yeah. We'll have to keep track of responses and see if there's a theme. That might be one. Uh, uh, what is your favorite word or phrase? So I think one of my favorite words is just excellent because I think it's not something that gets really thrown around very much. So if you have someone say that you're doing excellent work, it usually really means it, you know, rather than just like doing well, doing good work. If someone can tell you that, you know, you're excellent at what you do. I think it says a lot. And so I think that's what I would go with there. Cool. And um, the last question that I have is, uh, can you either talk about a favorite memory or experience there at HMS, or if you have a teacher or teachers who had a strong influence on on you uh, from HMS? Mm -hmm. So in terms of favorite memories, there's a few things that come to mind. Um, You know, playing kickball, uh, at recess was always really fun in upper elementary. We would do that every day that we could, you know, if it wasn't muddy or cold or snowing. Um, and I have a lot of fun memories of doing that. And then I also really enjoyed uh, getting the micro economy with the middle school started and making jam after hours. Uh, you know, a lot of fun times just kind of cooking stuff up. And on that note, I think uh, Miss Ludic really had a a pretty profound impact on my life. I really felt like, you know, seventh and eighth grade was when I developed really strong study habits based on her guidance and her pushing me to be the best that I could. And I kind of carried those through all the way until now. And uh, they've served me very well. That's great. That's well said. Nye and I have to end on saying two things to you. O-H. I-O. All right. (laughs) Needed to hear it. Nyan, thanks for joining us. We we certainly appreciate appreciate it, and um, and we wish you luck with your uh, wedding and your marriage. And um, I'm sure you're gonna find a great residency and and uh, do excellent work. So thank, thanks for be thanks for being on with us. Thanks so much for having me on. It was nice chatting with you. Okay. Bye, Nyan. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hudson Monta Stories. Uh, If you have any feedback about our podcast or ideas of topics that you'd like us to address, uh, you can always drop me an email. My name is Matt Virgil, and my email is mvirgil, V-I-R-G-I-L, at hudsonmontestory.org. I'd love to hear from you. And, of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can always be alerted when we release one. Uh, There's uh, three ways you can do that. You can subscribe on Apple iTunes. 
uh, through Spotify or on Google Play. If you just search Hudson Monta Stories, it should bring it up and you can subscribe. And of course, if you write us a review, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, that's one way that uh, we can uh, grow the podcast. So thanks again for tuning in as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.